This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. for Batter Up, the definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson giving you exclusive insight into our Braves from Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome into the Batter Up podcast. Caleb Johnson here with Joe Patrick. Joe, we're back and baseball is back. We're back. The music's playing. It's been so long since we've done one of these, Caleb. You already screwed up the, in- the intro once. So the, give the readers a glimpse behind the curtain. This is take two. Uh, no, I know. I'm, <laughs> I am. Uh, I am not one take Drake today. I'm. I'm I, quite disappointed <laughs> in myself. But it's what was, happens. Go ahead. Well, I was just joking with you before we started. I'm so glad that you're the one who has to do the little intro thing because I always screw it up whenever I have to do it for any of my other podcasts. So you're, I'm. I'm just glad you're the one who's kind of biting the bullet here. Yeah, well, you know, you got to get all the ideas together and just kind of get the people excited right off the bat. Uh, I I blame the fact that I'm not one take Drake today on it took 99 days from Major League Baseball to work through this stupid agreement to finally get baseball back. And it's not happening on time. Um, it It's frustration and and hair pulling and all of these different emotions that i feel like have happened along the way and then joe i don't know how you feel but it was just like it it felt like uh we were we were in the middle of another set of circumstances where the two sides players association and the owners were in disagreement and it felt like yep we're gonna ride this thing again and it's gonna be another couple of weeks before you we get back to serious conversations and then you send me a text as i'm hanging out with my dad baseball's back like just agreement yeah. happened just- it it happened <laughs> yeah um it's it's a really interesting one because i was to be perfectly honest not following very closely like the line item by line item negotiations that were happening <laughs> me either it was just, yeah it was just a little too much and i don't want to be like reading legal stuff like all day every day just not something i'm very much interested in i don't think many of our listeners are as well um but you know i i, I got this sense of negativity from twitter i think like from baseball fans there just seemed to be like a big time like downer attitude about it all. And I got to say, I was one of those people because I saw how the negotiations for the COVID season went. There was even, uh, you know, I don't know if you would call them negotiations. I guess so you would before last season um, because there was still some COVID issues and MLB wanted to push the season back and, um, 
MLB players came out and said that, like, no, we want to go out there. MLB was saying they want to do it for the health and safety. of the play- So, like, there was, like, all this bickering back and forth. And that's what gave me no confidence that this season was going to get started on time, which, of course, it's not. But I, to be just to hold my hands up, I thought this was going to go way longer than it did. I've been kind of joking with you. I felt like the owners would see Memorial Day as this like perfect American holiday to to start the baseball season with all the pageantry and the bunting and everything. So that's kind of what I was kind of pinning my expectations on. So I'm pretty happy to see uh, how this all turned out. Well, it's funny that you say that about Memorial Day because I was back on the idea of, no, this thing could go deep into the summer. Because if you remember during that COVID-shortened season, there was conversations about, oh, Memorial Day, that's a great day to bring baseball back. Fourth of July, mm-hmm. what, you know, American, yeah, let's do it, let's bring baseball. And, and both of those passed the season, you know, or through the, through the calendar year before baseball was like, oh, we'll just kind of limp into August and get it going. And so I didn't think it was going to wait until August. I, I didn't think we were going to deal with like a a seventy game season like like the COVID shortened season. But it, I, if you told me a Memorial Day or if you had gone all the way up until Fourth of July, I wouldn't have been that surprised if it took that long to get baseball started, just because of what we were seeing now. And I know you're you're right. The Twitter was very frustrated and. I saw uh, some very interesting tactics played out by both sides. However, mm-hmm. I'm always going to be a pro player guy. Uh, I don't know. It's just in my nature, I guess. And so I tend to also look more at the pro player media uh, because whether, I mean, you, you can say media is unbiased, but we absolutely through this saw reporters who took ownership side and reporters who took players side because that's who they were talking to that's who they were getting their quotes from and so when i was seeing this whole idea of the two sides meeting and then essentially at the 11th hour the owners being like well now that we're almost to an agreement also take this you you also have to to you know take this part of the deal that players would then go, whoa, 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 why are you adding stuff on right at the end? Right, right. This latest one being the international draft that was thrown in kind of last minute as this, like, you know, I thought we were about to get to a place of, of agreement and you add something else to it. And so when I kept seeing all of those things, I was like, there is no way that this is happening anytime soon. And then, and and just, I, I guess, funny, perfect timing for baseball uh, is just on a random Thursday, just in, <laughs> in late in the afternoon. It's just kind of like uh, after a day where one of baseball's biggest media members gets uh, his Twitter account hacked, Jeff Passan, <laughs> you know, is is out here tweeting about NFTs, and then we get baseball back in it. Uh, it feels, if I'm honest with you, Joe, it feels so anticlimactic to this whole scenario. But I'm also at the same time, I I am truly excited that we get to have the sport back and we also get to have the Braves as reigning World Series champs uh, kick things off first week of April. Yeah, if you would have told me a month ago that we were going to have an agreement on on March 10th 
and the season was going to get started on April 7th, and they were going to play a full 162-game season, I actually would have said you were crazy. Like, that, yep, there's absolutely. no way that that was going to happen. So, again, that's where I come back to, like, I'm, I'm very happy with the outcome of where we stand. I'm still annoyed that these two sides, it took all of this to, to, to finally get going. But, you know, you talk about being surprised, Caleb, and... <laughs> You know, I don't know if I'm jumping too far uh, ahead here, but uh, on what we want to talk about today. But you gotta wonder if the player representation that was in the room was also surprised at what happened yesterday, because one of the big pieces of news that came out following the news that the lockout was over was that the player leadership executive committee—I I forget what the actual name of it is—the the union executive board, I guess, is what they call it. Yeah, voted eight to nothing against this proposal. Then they th- they sent the proposal to the clubs, which voted twenty six to four in favor of it. So I it, it it's I mean that is shocking that you would have leadership that is runs so counter to the the wants and desires of the people that they're there to represent. Not a good look for those eight, um, and just not a good look for the union. I think in general, um. And I forget what I was going to say after that, but it was it was a shocking piece. It was it was a shocking piece of news that really I think, uh, and and maybe this is why I was so like pessimistic, and, and why Twitter and the baseball fans in general were, were so pessimistic about a deal getting done was, which is because we were these eight are kind of who we were hearing from. Like this was our idea of what the players were thinking about these various deals so when and we actually heard i don't think a lot of people expected this deal to actually be approved because um you know what we were hearing was that the union uh executive the union committee i always forget what the name of it is the union executive board was not in favor of it so you just assume that that would be representative of the wider base of players but obviously not the case and not even close i mean it wasn't even a close vote yeah, well, something that you and I had touched on through text message as this was all unveiled and we found out a deal had been reached and then the fact that, yeah, the entire union board voted against it, led by Max Scherzer, uh, everyone on that board is making a lot of money. Uh, and then the four player reps for their respective teams were from the Mets, the Yankees, the Astros, and the Cardinals. Uh, I mean, those are four pretty established teams, teams that have uh, pretty substantial size payrolls. And so I think if if I'm honest, because I, I saw a lot on Twitter and just social media in general about uh, kind of, you know, oh, let's put the clown nose on Max Scherzer because clearly these guys and, and even Joe, I know you and I had kind of discussed about, you know, are the is the union board out of touch with with the rest of the players however i just wonder if those guys who have a bunch of money uh you know they've they've essentially they've made their money and they have more money to make uh in the future if they are able to see past just the money you know like i and obviously they were they were negotiating over a lot of things that related to money but it was the idea of the like the here and now the you know do we do we want to reach a deal right now where we're gonna have to give up a lot of stuff but in the short term well we get baseball back and so everybody gets their paychecks you know and, and no one's really missing a check sort of thing 
And that's why it always gets discussed in every labor negotiation. You hear about union reps who go the year before uh, a CBA is about to expire. And you hear union reps talk about save up your money, save up your money, save up your money. And you know, like players never do it. I, I mean, the, the players who are making a ton of money, sure. Uh, but you also have plenty of guys who haven't made it yet, quote unquote, kind of thing. And so they are in some ways living paycheck to paycheck, uh, even though, you know, their scale might be larger than ours. Right. Uh, but it's like uh, it gets, you have to take all of those things into account. And so I just wonder if we got to a point where the the guys who weren't in the rooms daily having these negotiations and hearing ownership's side and and what was all happening on the bargaining side of thing if those player reps were like look the, the deal's good enough let's just get this thing done and get back to playing when the union reps maybe know that hey in five years which is i i assume that's how long this deal goes i actually haven't looked to see but whenever this deal runs 10. up okay 10 but so maybe it's five, are, i don't know but are the are the players going to be looking in five or ten years whenever this deal runs up, going like, oh man, we really missed out on some opportunities for some things that we should have fought harder for, which seems like it happens at the end of every CBA. Uh, and so that that's all I wonder is while everyone's out with their uh, with their ten caps on, talking about oh well, out of the out of the eight that voted no, I think five of them are are repped by Scott Boris who yep, was also correct. against this deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, oh, you know, they're just doing what their agent tells them. And it's like, no, potentially they just have, uh, they're just pushing harder. They just want more for the players in the sport. And and maybe it's an unrealistic thing to reach, but that I that's all I'm concerned about when I see stuff on social media about like, these guys are really, uh, you know, like, fighting over these little things that are going to help. Cause one of them was the luxury tax mm-hmm. getting that kind of uh, relaxed. That was what the players were fighting for. So guys like Max Scherzer and others can make bigger deals. Um, and I don't know. It, it's yeah. just one of like, like there's just so much that goes into all of that stuff that it's potentially a bad look that the union executive board all voted um, against this deal. But, the players had enough say to make it go through um, or they were just pushing harder. And the players, Max Freed, one of, you know, the Braves player rep voted in favor of this deal. Maybe those guys just saw um, too much opportunity being missed by, by voting against it. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can waste another weekend doing the same old, whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Mm-hmm. And just to clarify, the, the, the club vote, so that's the 26 to 4 vote, in favor of this collective bargaining agreement that pushed it through. So like in the Braves case, Max Freed is the, is the team rep. Um, and he will usually take a poll. It won't just kind of be his opinion or yeah. that player per, player's opinion from every team. It will kind of be the, they will poll the entire team and, and get a feel and just, you know, however that vote comes out, that's the way that they will then filter up th- to, um, you know, filter their vote up through the, through the rest of the process. So, um, and you're right, by the way. I don't. I wanted to correct this right away. It was. It is a five-year CBA. Some, okay. A lot of the times, these CBAs are for ten years um, in a lot of sports. But five years in this for this one, which is means what we're gonna have to deal with this again in five years. But that's okay. I'm not. I'm not gonna yeah. complain. I'm not gonna complain right now. Um, uh, but you know, I think that really what it shows is that uh, here's my concern with this whole eight nothing vote, <clears throat> which is that I'm concerned that like none of those eight were willing to like break the mole like to 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 break part from the other seven or two from the other six or whatever because you obviously if you're a union you want to kind of have solidarity in what you're doing and everything but i worry that in negotiations like this that quote-unquote solidarity can just lead to some irrational decision making because you're trying to you know fight for everything that you want but again i think that this vote shows that a lot of players didn't think that they needed to fight for whatever it was that they were, you know, trying extra trying to get. I mean, when you look at what this CBA brings the players, I think it's a good deal. It increases the 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 base rate of pay. And think about this: the base rate of pay is what the majority of players in the league sure. are on. Um, it raises it by like twenty three percent or something, up to seven hundred k, and that's going to raise rise even more. Um, Throughout the deal, I want to make sure that 700k number is right. Anyway, it's about a 25% increase in in the base rate of pay. That is incredible. Yeah, seven hundred dollars, seven hundred thousand starting this year, rising to seven hundred eighty thousand through the final year. So that's a huge win for so many players, um, in and of itself. And I think that when you think about you know what a player wants, they want they want the cash, they want the money in the bank account, um. And but then they also got other things that they wanted, the the fifty million dollar pre uh player pool for pre arbitration players, um all this kind of stuff that's just going to 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 make their deal better. So I think it's a good deal for them. Um, Major League Baseball got a twelve team playoff, which I'm not 
thrilled about, but I mean, it's better than 14. I guess, right? Exactly. It's it's better than 14. It's better than 14. I I just feel like for me personally in baseball, it's like the season is so damn long. You really want to reward the teams that do well through that. Um, But, you know, whatever. 12 team playoff, it'll still be super fun to watch on TV and the league will make a ton of money from it. Um, The universal DH, though, that's, I mean, that's a big one. We were all expecting it, of course, but that's going to be exciting for us to talk about in terms of what the Braves can possibly do sure. here, which we'll, which we'll do a little bit in this show. And then later down the road, uh, as we kind of prep for the season, uh, bigger bases after 2023, I think, uh, is it second base or all the bases, I guess that are going to be slightly bigger all of them. All of yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, we'll go be going back to nine inning double headers, uh, or not, yeah, nine inning double headers and no runner on second base and extra innings, which, uh, I don't, <laughs> I like the pandemic. I like I like the the I like the seven inning uh, double headers and the, I know that Brian Snicker loved the seven inning double header. <laughs> yeah, because it's a well, that's a long day in the sun if you're a player. Well, and here's where I came back on. I'm fine with with going back to the nine inning nine inning double headers. Uh, is just the fact of Major League Baseball never knew what to do with seven inning games. Uh, because we had an instance where Madison Bumgarner threw that's a right. no hitter yeah, through yeah, seven yeah. innings, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then that's not a no hitter because mm-hmm. it was only seven innings. So it's mm-hmm. it's one of those if you're not going to change the entire game to seven innings, only doing it on certain instances was really good point. Uh, and I yeah, and I remember it, I remember Bumgarner was like, eh, it's not really like I can't like say yeah. it was like even he was kind of poo pooing it. Which, and the, and but the idea for him that's got to be frustrating is like. I could have gone two more innings. Right. And I, I could have made it, you know, For sure. and, and the fact that he didn't get that opportunity. The one that I'm so glad of that I know a lot of fans liked. I just can't stand uh, because I don't like I don't like giving stuff for free. Uh, that could also mess with with guys records and and stats is the no more runner on second and extra innings. Um, I just I know I know it gave the game more excitement once it reached uh, extra innings because almost always it felt like the the shortened season that we uh, that we got that on top of, of of getting it this past year it seemed like more runs were getting scored in extra innings. However, it was it felt like it more runs were getting scored equally. Yeah, so for, we yeah. were still we were still going you know sometimes 11, 12, 13 innings like we were before, but there was just more runs being scored instead of it, it being stale, which like maybe that was a plus for Major League Baseball. Clearly not enough that they included it in this new CBA. I'm glad it's gone uh, because I know there was also some talk about um, oh, what was the ghost thing that, that was brought up last week. There was uh, ghost wins or ghost runs, something that the players had brought up in in these negotiations, I can't think of it right now. How to like but, tabulate these results uh, yeah. when they're under these circumstances? Yeah, yeah. And I was just all like, I was like, stop <laughs> giving stuff for free, you know? Like, like I I want you, I want the players to actually have to go out there and make these things happen, um, rather than we're just gifting it and it and it's gonna count some against um, pitchers and then, uh, you know, like having to figure all that stuff out. I just I didn't like it. I'm glad it's gone. I'm glad that as much as we love Max Freed in the box hitting for the Braves, overall, 
we reached the playoffs and there was multiple times, especially for the Braves, where we were all on the edge of our seat going, oh man, like I was so excited for this big moment in the fifth or sixth inning and then, oh, it's a pitcher spot. So that third out, well, all right, that one's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about that anymore. It also, it and opens it changes, up. For and for hitters that are hitting eight, that changes the way that they get pitched to as well. And it just yeah. kind of it, it deteriorates the quality of their at-bats. Well, it opens up a roster spot, essentially. I, yeah. I like not, not literally, like the, the number of, of players stays the same. But for National League teams like the Braves, there was so many times when you had to have a guy in the lineup play out in the field. You did not want playing out in the field uh, because he was a liability that you don't have to worry about that now. I, th- I think it just I think it makes the game better. Um, I'm also excited for the they're they're not. So I did see they're not banning shifts after 2023. They are restricting shifts. Um, which I haven't done a whole lot of look into that, but I'll be curious to see what that is considered. I'm I'm assuming, you know, second baseman, shortstop will have to stay on their side of second base sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, which should increase it should increase numbers. I don't know if outfielders actually, probably can't come in. Yeah. I'm assuming that they'll do that. Because we started to see more of that as the yeah. last season went on. And I and I think um, you know, it's just one of those ideas that you just you don't want to restrict offense and and so you know giving as much opportunity for runs to be scored uh is better for the game i think and so it i think it makes sense uh the bigger base thing too odd i don't think anybody was really concerned about that i'm not really sure why it was the owners who were pushing bigger bases um i think there's this idea that more guys will steal if there are bigger bases um, but it's cause it's not really even a safety thing because a safety thing would be putting like the double base does. on first base. Yeah. yeah. It, so it's not really a safety thing. I, I was just, I was, I was a bit confused by that, but you know, it's one of those, when you're going through all of these negotiations, <laughs> Whatever, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it. And, and honestly, I like, I, I understand the players to an extent who kind of reached a point of like, okay, whatever. Um, I did find it interesting, and this is a little thing that I won't stay on very long because I know we've got other stuff we want to talk about. I found it interesting that we got towards the end of labor negotiations, and it was something that actually affected uh, international players and a lot of Latin players that became a point of contention with this whole international draft that that the owners tried to slip in, that it seems like, from my understanding, they're going to... They, they've got a plan tentatively that they're going to revisit uh, later down the line to kind of figure out what they're going to do with the international draft. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like that was a big thing that 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 international players, that Latin players essentially were big time against when um, you so often see those guys are so hungry to play in the major leagues that they sign lesser deals. I mean, we, we've got two playing for the Braves right now, Ozzy Albies and Ronald Acuna, who took much smaller deals than we would have assumed their value is just because those guys wanted to play. Uh, so I just, I found it interesting that you were dealing with a group of players who you would most likely assume they just want to get back to the sport. And yet it was like an issue that affected them that, um, that almost threw a wrench into things. Um, yeah, right I can tell right there at the end. I can tell you from you know I do a lot of work in soccer and pretty well versed in soccer. 
which is a much more uh, like baseball, very international sport, probably the most international sport. You know, the a draft is such a foreign concept for a foreign player and like you like being kind of designated to go to a certain team, I think doesn't make a lot of sense for them. Like they want to have their own agency in choosing where they go just like it's like like free agency for like a you know for a yeah. for a player um well, for for a domestic player i i would argue that the draft is pretty un-american it know? is we, it's, it's, it's start, very it's if very we start, if we start thinking commie about the sports of, <laughs> you know it's so interesting that that and this gets brought up uh and I, I remember being in high school when i was listening to a podcast of a guy that i really respected and he brought up this idea that blew my mind at the time because, like, we love the draft. You know, like, like the NFL draft gets so much coverage. Major League Baseball draft doesn't get that much coverage. Um, uh, and, uh, it, it, and it is lesser than the NBA draft. You know, the, with the NFL draft kind of reigning supreme. Um, but it, it's so fascinating how we love that. And yet it is a completely un-American thought that you have no say in where you get to work. And you're stuck there which is part of this whole thing that, that the players were negotiating, this whole arbitration period, uh, you're stuck there for what was six years in Major League Baseball, um, that it, it seems so odd before you can actually get a second contract and go pick where you want to go, and international players were able to, to do that right out of the gate. When you start dealing with international markets, it becomes very hard for a single entity like major league baseball to control so like they can only control so much they can only control their own organization their own product so you know the, and that's why we see, we end up seeing soccer it's like the kind of the most capitalistic uh like um landscape of any sport because you're dealing with different leagues and there's no like overarching commissioner yeah. for those for that you know there's not like a governing body there's a governing yeah. body of soccer i mean there is fifa but like that's more regarding international sure. con- like country nations and countries and not you know leagues in particular so so what you end up with is like cash transaction sales and things like that so um anyway that's all, all the only reason to say that is just because like that is kind of the perspective that these international players would have um and their agents would want you know so um yeah, so it's a kind of a whole different can of worms there when you're talking about like an international draft and uh, what kind of negotiations would happen on that front. But um, yeah. yeah, again, well, that's something it, that they'll figure out down the line. I think they gave themselves to like sometime in July or sometime yep. this summer to figure that out. Yeah, July 24th, yeah. if I remember that date correctly. Uh, the big idea that was going on, and this international draft is included in this, is the owners were pushing this idea that we've got to restrict and place caps on everything so that spending and that player talent doesn't get so uh, out of control that you've got you know teams at the top who are powerhouses and then teams at the bottom that have no chance however some of the things that they're doing i personally don't think would make that happen uh i i think um you know teams that want to spend money are going to spend money and teams that want to be cheap are going to be cheap and that's not really going to change no matter what restrictions you put on things. But just for people listening, like that was the overarching theme that was a, a point of conflict is the players pushing for, you know, we want free range. We want as much as the market allows 
versus the owners going, no, we want to place restrictions because we want to keep things competitive and uh, keep things going from going out of control. Um, just to touch on some stuff that we had already discussed, opening day, April 7th, they're going to do the pennant unveil. Um, I believe it is the next day, April 8th, um, that they're doing the World Series. Or no, April 9th is when they're doing the World Series ring um, unveiling. I, Joe Patrick, have already purchased tickets to April 11th's mm. game because for the first 40,000 people, they're giving out replica World Series rings. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, I was, I was there when they did that uh, a few seasons ago. For the 95 World Series, it's it sits on my uh, little bookshelf here. Oh, there it is. With all of my, yeah, yeah. So it's one of those, like, you know, I... Bookshelf's I f- got no books on it? It it doesn't. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't call it a bookshelf. It It is a bobblehead shelf. <laughs> it's a bobblehead it's, shelf. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so 11, the That's 11th fun. is when they're doing the, uh, the Replica World Series giveaway. They're doing a whole bunch of giveaways to start out the season. You can tell also... The fact that people are so excited for baseball to be back because when I looked at tickets last night after everything was announced, baseball was back, the ga- the home opener on April the 7th is um, those tickets, cheap seats are going for like $85. So, and cheap seats wow. just a couple of nights later are going for 20 you know, wow. so yeah. So yeah, so you you see, like people are truly excited to see the pennant unveiled, um, to get baseball back, uh, to get to see the World Series champs again. Like it's 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 yeah. it's so funny that we got to have this big moment, uh, and then immediately jumped into fighting and quarreling, and <laughs> there's gonna be no <laughs> baseball, and you guys better settle in because it's gonna take forever. Uh, and and so that's I you know it's it's nice that we're. Yeah. <laughs> that we're back. So I want to kind of bring this back around. So, uh, and this ties into spring training and the schedule. So um, players, by the way, are expected to start arriving. Players around baseball can start arriving today at their yeah. spring training sites. I would expect many to arrive today or maybe tomorrow. Of course, you know, just depends on how long it takes to <laughs> get your crap together <laughs> and get ready to leave your family for a month. But um, I know I would be, dragon probably most likely mandatory reporting is by the 13th so i mean all players have to report to their camps but in a couple days here essentially Sunday, by the end of the yeah. weekend yeah so um so things are going to get ramped up really quickly the first spring training games will be played a week from today next friday on uh, march 18th and obviously this means if your spring training is from march 18th to april 7th that is a very compressed timeline for a spring training that's like uh, it's like half the it's basically half of spring training. Um, And so I want to bring this back to something that you were saying earlier with regards to the CBA, which is, you know, this universal DH kind of opens up a roster spot or like it it creates a roster, a need on, on the roster for all these NL teams. Some of which probably feel like they already have that covered with somebody who was on their bench or whatnot. Some play, some teams need to go out there and and get a new one. But, um, but the bottom line is that you have to essentially designate a spot on the roster for that player. And to bring this back to the spring training piece, you only have three weeks to get, get ready for the season. That is not enough time for a starting pitcher to get stretched out how he wants to be. I mean, even a full spring training, a, a starting pitcher probably only stretched out to go five, six innings. 
So these pitchers, I, I feel like these teams and the Braves are, are, you know, are one of these that are going to have to really add more pitchers to the opening day roster to be able to cover the innings that they're going to need to be able to cover, including, you know, more long relievers that might need to go, you know, longer distance because these pitchers just aren't going to be stretched out to the point where you can kind of construct your team how you would expect it to look midseason. And of course, that's kind of always the case on opening day, but I just feel like this spring training schedule is really putting a crunch on these pitchers and uh, teams around the league are, and especially in the NL teams are really going to have to, you know, keep an eye on that, of course, but then also obviously have that designated, uh, that designated hitter roster spot ready to go. So it's going to be an interesting crunch for a lot of these teams. So the one thing I'm going to push back on you a little bit is the idea of, not being able to get stretched out in the amount of time that they're given. I think it's going to be less of an issue this year than it was during the COVID season. Uh, and this is not an original thought. This is actually something that Bob Nightingale was on with John Chuckery uh, on our station last night. And he pointed out the fact that during the COVID shortened season, players were like straight up chilling on the couch, just like, you know what? COVID's going on. There's no way we're going to play. And so then when that finally got ramped up, guys were having to like work out just to get into shape to then pitch mm-hmm. to then play a season. Right now we're dealing with something different where by all accounts, most guys have been practicing, have been training, have been getting ready for the season. It, the training facilities are open. It's not like those are restricted like they were back during the COVID season. So guys – should be ready. They may not. The bigger issue is going to be the fact that you've now got less than a month to sign all the free agents you're going to have <laughs> yeah, on your yeah. baseball team. You know, <laughs> like like uh, obviously the one that we're going to get into before we get out of here is is this idea of what's going to happen with Freddie Freeman. But it's like that's not the only need the Braves have. <laughs> they've oh gotta, yeah, yeah. You know, they they've got to sign some other guys pitching specifically that uh. They've got to do pretty quickly, but they have to be careful, Joe. And the reason why there haven't been any big announcements uh, signed yet is because players and ownership were not allowed to talk during this period. Now, did they? Absolutely. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, those conversations between agents and ownership were happening. However, they couldn't technically do it. So no team right now wants to be the first one to be like, Oh yeah! Just in the last couple hours, we worked this deal out. Uh, <laughs> it would have been hilarious if some team was like not thinking about this and was just like like seven oh one. Yes, and like here, he, yeah, yeah. The Mets, so, the Mets signed the player, it. and then everybody's like, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there would have yeah, you know, sanctions would have been put. You know? <laughs> like, um, you know, they would have been losing. So yeah, it does seem like money. nobody. It seems like no team wants to be the first one to be like. All right, we saw, we saw. <laughs> I, I, likely, I think there will be I think there will be deals starting to happen today. Actually, that, that's my guess. Say, but um, we, yeah, we we are recording the morning of uh, Friday, March 11th. Like deals are going to happen later today, most likely through the weekend. The big one, we hope at least I I assume I don't know where you stand on this, Joe, but uh, we hope is that Freddie Freeman is back with the Braves. There's obviously nah, been they don't need all this. They don't need that guy. <laughs> there's Who? there's obviously there's obviously <laughs> been all this discussion about um you know does he come back or 
was he wooed by teams uh, to maybe go to, I mean, shoot, it's been the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Rays, all of this other stuff. And I was laughing this whole time that, that <laughs> baseball was in a lockout because I was going, A, guys, they can't technically talk to each other. So it's nothing more than some conversations that they have anytime a player is a free agent. And B, like there's no there's no reason unless all of the stuff like when Chipper Jones came on our airwaves and said, oh, Freddie didn't like the deals that he was given uh, at first. You know, he, he thought they were a little unfair low on on his you know end. And I'm thinking, yeah, but once baseball actually gets back and we know what kind of money can be spent, um, I think they're going to throw a big fat deal at Freddie Freeman, a fair market deal, because you know Alex Anthopoulos likes to be um, thrifty, mm-hmm. but I think this is an area where, because they saved in so many other areas, they can spend, and I think Freddie Freeman will be back. I don't think all of this worry that's been happening, when especially Buster Olney came through and was like, oh no, I think he might be going Dude, to the Yankees. that was the worst. That was the worst. And- I had to, I went on, I did all these radio hits after that happened, just try to try to calm everybody down because everybody yeah. was in a frenzy. And like, I kind of understand why, because you see, it was, it was so fascinating. It was like a, a perfect case study in watching a rumor just like explode on the internet. Yeah. Whereas like Buster only writes, has, has this one line in, in his report that covered a, you know multitude of different things by the way and then mlb on fox you know like all these different like big um platforms i guess you would call them on on twitter um big verified accounts like corporate accounts are like reposting this with like full-on graphics and everything um just crazy crazy to see that little one little nugget like that get get exploded into a full-blown rumor or report really it happens all the time and the thing i was getting people asking and texting me going oh do you think he's actually gonna go you know yeah. he's actually gonna leave and i was going why did we why, why are we any more afraid right now than we were a couple months ago right like, it's like this... did, did you think that before that report came out like he was never leaving like i've always been yeah. of, the, of the of the mind that whenever if you're a free agent there's a good chance you could leave you know like and i don't yeah, think that's absolutely. going to happen in this case but the the Buster only report didn't change anything, and you know John Heyman, I feel like is constantly talking about how the Yankees are involved and whatnot. You know, it's just like yeah. Well, my my thing was this was the epitome of reporters who were tired of and had no more real information on the lockout. Like it was at where it was at, mm-hmm. and then exactly. it was like you know yeah. what we need some baseball news to talk about. Well, I mean, I have heard. Yeah, that Freddie Freeman was talking to these teams. And and, it's like, oh, okay. And, and the other piece of this is, I don't get the idea that any of these national reporters have good ties to the Braves. I think the Braves are one of the best teams at not leaking. And so if they're not getting anything from the Braves, maybe they're getting something from the Yankees that's like, yeah, we were, we're you know, like we, you know, doing this and this. And so then you say, oh, well, the Yankees are, are you know, hot after or whatever, whatever it is. You know, I'm not even yeah. like citing a specific well, report or anything, but you, I think it just speaks to the reason why there seems to be so much like snowballing momentum for Freddie Freeman leaving Atlanta is simply because Atlanta is not discussing the issue. They're not leaking any of their talks or feelings that they have about it to anybody. Yeah, and well, so writers are just going to go elsewhere for their for their reports and rumors. Also, this might be a little rude, but it's pretty much the laziest thing ever to 
attach a top free agent to teams that have the most money to spend. <laughs> yeah, like it, yeah. it's 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 literally just the easiest thing to do. It's just to yeah. be like, I mean, you know, could go to the Yankees, could go to the Dodgers. Now the Dodgers linked, obviously, there's there's something there just for the fact that that's where Freddie's from and mm-hmm. that's where he has a house. And I think, you know, even it was pointed out that it'd be like a 45-minute drive from his house to to Dodger Stadium. And so it's like, okay, I get he could be tempted. However, it just there seems like there's no reason for that to go anywhere. Uh, if it does, I'm going to be honest with you, Joe. I'm going to make this a positive spin. Whatever happens. Like, Freddie goes. Ah. They didn't need that old guy. <laughs> on Come to the on. next one. That's, yeah, a, that's yeah. the old you know, college football in. recruiting. <laughs> on to the next Ex- one. Exactly. Well, we've already figured out what potential the next one could be. Uh, with this whole idea that they could trade for for Oakland A's first baseman Matt Olson, mm-hmm. which is one of those that I love. It was also pointed out this week of you know the Braves aren't going to be the only team looking for looking to trade for a first baseman, and they'd also have to give up prospects to do it. Whereas you could just throw money at Freddie uh, to bring him back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Uh, But so it's one of those, like, there's so much going on. Uh, well, when okay. it comes to this Freeman deal. And, Go ahead. and you were hitting on it earlier with regards to like Alex Anthopoulos and, and, you know, why maybe this has taken so long for them to do the deal. And, you know, I think that I totally agree that Alex Anthopoulos, not only is he looking for a deal, but I think that, you know, he's just one of those guys who wants all the information in front of him before he makes a decision on something. And in this case, we actually do have some substantial things that could change the calculus. And one of them may be in Freddie Freeman's favor, which is this whole, you know, restricting of shifts um, that could benefit Freddie Freeman. He can legitimately say like, well, you know, my my numbers would be projected to go up in in some of these uh, circumstances. And so, you know, maybe I should be making this much instead of this much. But these are exactly the kinds of reasons why somebody like Alex Anthopoulos would have wanted to wait. And of course, there's all the other like, you know, financial constructs around the CBA that are very important when you're considering making a a financial deal to somebody for their contract. But I'm not surprised that uh, that they would elect to wait until after they see what the new CBA landscape looks like before they start really um, making having really serious talks about, you know, the final pieces of what it would take to, to put a deal together. So it's not surprising to me necessarily that it's taking this long. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I thought that this would have gotten done like a year ago, but since it didn't get done at that time, I'm not surprised that it's gotten to this point. So, um, I, and I I'm, just about I'm say, still yeah. very much in, in, in favor of like, I'm in the camp that Freddie Freeman is extremely important to the organization 
over a Matt Olson. Like if you if you compare their numbers, Matt Olson and Freddie Freeman profile very similarly. If you look on their stat cast numbers and you look at like things like their hard hit rate, their walk rate, you know, like all this kind of all these kinds of metrics, they actually do line up very similarly. And I think that that is, you know, one of the reasons why he's been labeled as you know the the successor to freddie freeman if he's not to return to the braves uh and you get a lot of things with matt olson that freddie that's you know kind of in bet, better than freddie in terms of his age still has two years of arbitration like Controlled, those kinds of yeah. things yeah so um so there are some things going in matt olson's favor but when i think about this i keep going back to one of the post-game press conferences that brian snicker did after last season uh or i'm sorry during last postseason um in one of the postseason press conferences he was talking about like somebody asked a question about Freddie, like his importance to the team or whatever. And Snit was like very open saying that like when he has like a question, he goes to Freddie. Like like they have like talks about the team on like a deeper level than just like talking to one of your players. It, it really seems to me like he's so important for as much credit as Brian Snicker gets for managing the the clubhouse, you know, throughout the year and keeping everybody on an even keel or whatever, keeping the keeping the 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 mood high or at least just you know consistent throughout the season i think freddie freeman really is a huge part of that and by the way i'm the kind of person who before i started covering this team professionally kind of really poo-pooed a lot of this kind of talking points like i just like didn't think it was that important i was much more focused on the stats and the numbers and and all that kind of stuff but as i've been able to kind of experience it for myself being inside the clubhouse in 2019 um and then just you know experiencing more and more it really does show the importance that doesn't show up on a stat sheet that somebody like Freddie Freeman has to an organization like the Braves. So I think it's very important that they do get that deal done. I think that a lot of fans would obviously feel very much spurned if they don't get the deal done. Maybe some don't, um, but I think just the Braves, especially coming off a World Series like they did, I, th- I just think it's very important that they keep the vibes up, keep the keep the momentum high for the organization because I think we're just starting to see the tip of the iceberg in terms of what could be truly like a, a like a a dynasty in the way that the Dodgers have kind of been like a dynasty over the over the last ten years or so. Yeah, I mean you're you're right on point. Uh, I completely agree with your your assessment of it's that leadership quality that Freddie brings. I mean, there's just you go all the way back to when they had the championship parade and they get into Truist Park and what do multiple Braves players who you know, may or may not be on this team. Uh, what did they have to say? You know, bring Freddie back, re-sign Freddie. Uh, it was it was kind of this like he is that loved amongst the team, and you're right, he is that that point between you know management and and um, team coaches and everything. Like he is he is a link that I think is is extremely valuable. He is like a manager on the field. He's almost like a player yeah, manager. Absolutely, uh, and. So you're also you're paying for that as well as the production on the field, uh, benefiting from the fact that he could it would it would have been harder to pay him if the DH didn't come to the National League, because I think, you know, that just shortens up the possibility of of him being able to stay out in the field, whereas it perfectly aligns to he can go from his first baseman's role to uh, an everyday DH sort of scenario. Uh, and you know, the, and the team will be just fine. That, that leadership quality is, is so important as, uh, you know, you talk about being in the clubhouse. I, I agree with you that if I hadn't, you know, I, 
I cover a different team in Atlanta who's recently had some struggles with, you know, leadership uh, and, and things not working out very well. And so seeing when that works well and you can win a championship with that just feels like Freddie should be rewarded, uh, even if they maybe technically overpay for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just one of those just do it. However, like, go ahead. Well, another thing that came to my mind was uh... – Everybody gave the Braves so much plaudits for those deals that you mentioned earlier where they signed Ronald Acuna Jr. and uh, Ozzie mm-hmm. Albies to deals that were like, you know, a lot of people say they're like, you know, borderline like robbery, like, you know, and that's really great for the Braves. But I feel like the way you ca- you like you capitalize on making those great deals by then using the money that you saved in those deals to keep the core of the team yeah. together, you know, and you know, you can kind of, yeah. I guess it's just a way to just justify spending on whatever you need on Freddie Freeman. But I do think that it's uh, an important piece. Absolutely. But like I said, Joe, and oh, I'm going to spin it uh, either way. Go ahead. I want to say one more thing about Freddie. Cause you were talking about, you know, how he ages and whatnot and you know, how the DH plays involved. I, I think he's going to age relatively well. I'm sure everybody thinks that like they're you know, like the star player of a team is going to age well because it's hard to envision them deter- like their bat speed deteriorating and everything that we know happens, but um, we haven't yet seen. But I just feel like the natural hitter that Freddie is, the way he uses his hands, like when you see him take BP, he's always like hitting balls the other way. And granted, he doesn't really do that in games so much, but I really feel like he could be a guy that that ages relatively well, especially in a DH role can still give you he I, like not going to go into the tank, like uh Albert Pujols style. Yeah. I maybe there's wishful thinking cons- on my part. I have no way I to back say, this up. I'm just trying I, to, I'm just trying to elevate the mood here. Sure. No, <laughs> I, I get concerned about injuries with him. I, I mm, worry yeah. about that as he ages. Um, but that's a good point. I mean, well, I was going to say, since, like he's been amazing since he had those bur- bone spurs removed after yeah. the 2019 season. <laughs> he's been like incredible. Yeah. Uh, so I just, you know, it's one of those things that I would monitor with him is I just, you know, I, I worry about the injuries, but if that doesn't become a problem, I would agree with you that I think, you know, he could, he could age gracefully. He's played a uh, lot in his career to your point, just yeah. in terms of the wear and tear, never missing a game. Yeah. Yeah, that, but that's that's the whole built-in his where, DNA thing that they pushed at the end of last year. Maybe that's where the um, DH could come in handy, though, for him. Yeah, that, I, that's what I that's what I honestly think. Um, well, for all of our listeners, there's a lot more that we're going to be getting <laughs> to over these next few weeks. I mean, honestly, it's yeah, it's and just we'll have so those... many transactions to talk about by the time we do this next week. Exactly, early next week. Uh, I was I was about to say yeah I think you you should be expecting another podcast from us I'm assuming it'll come out like Monday night probably Monday night um, Tuesday the latest but probably sometime Monday yeah uh, and then start expecting that Monday afternoon to Monday evening release from us uh, coming every week is we'll like Joe said we'll have so much each time until the season ramps up because there's just going to be a lot of change there's also a lot of discussion for Joe and I to have over what this team is going to look like, whether it's, you know, positions of need, like the outfield pitching, what happens at DH, all of those things, uh, you know, there's just, there's going to be so much to cover uh, that we're going to try to break it up positionally. I'm so excited yeah. to talk about episode, it all. Yeah. Episode by episode, we're going to try to, you know, try to break all that stuff down um but before we get out of here joe is there anything else you wanted to get to no i just want to say i'm i'm really excited for every everybody to be on board we're gonna be talking 
basically going like through positions, breaking down the whole rotation, the bullpen, all that kind of stuff in future episodes before uh, opening day gets underway. So just really excited for everybody to uh, hop on board and enjoy the ride and we'll get baseball back, man. So it's fun. Absolutely. Yeah. So for Joe Patrick, I'm Caleb Johnson. Thanks for listening to the Bad Rep Podcast. All right. I got to run out of here. Shit, I should... That's why. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.